I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high-quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You're listening to Book Club Babes. Let's get into it. Hello! Hiya! Hiya! Long time no talk. Hiya! I know it's been approximately two days? Two days. Four days? (laughs) An amount of days, but not more than a week. (laughs) Not more than a week. Slash, we like text every day. It's not. This is true. I haven't actually talked to you. This is like potting. Are you still reading the same books? Literally, yes. Literally, me too. Are you Perfect. watching anything? Do you watch anything good? Cool. I am current. I hope that this isn't making things glitchy. Maybe I should have paused it. I am currently downloading something that I am really excited about, which is Forensic Files 2. The most recent, like they did a really, re- like I think it was in 2020 or 2021. What? Yeah, they did re-release but you can only watch it on like some weird platform that I didn't have so I I never watched Mm -hmm. it even though I really wanted to Mm -hmm. very cool that's cool what what about you um I'm listening to some pods I think I mentioned the what happened to Sandy Beal it's really good police corruption very cool Police corruption is always one of those gray areas. Yeah, not great. There's somebody behind you over there in the corner. What? Don't. No, there was like a little movement down here in the corner. What the fuck? (laughs) Over a little. Maybe it was Bowie. It was like a gray. This side? Yeah. No, the door is closed. There's no one here. (laughs) Why are you 
Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I gotta sorry. check this out. I'm scared now. <laughs> I got a ghost in my room. Yeah. You got a ghost in me. You got a ghost in me. Cool. I forgot to say um, hello to all our new babes the other day. So tell us who they are. I'm glad we're doing this now. I don't feel bad, even though it's still going to be a week behind, but that's okay. So but at least you'll get them all. Yeah. So hi to Lauren, Natalie, Cassandra, Yasmin, and Isabella. Holy hey. crap. That's a lot yeah. of peeps with cool names. Yeah, they are. Cassandra. Dang. That's cool. Yasmin. Super cool. cool. Yeah. Did you say Isabel? Isabella. Isabella. I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. Cool. And and you know a little Natalie too. <laughs> I do know a little Natalie, little baby Natalie. Yeah. And so does Shelby. Hopefully. And my middle name's Lauren. So there, if there's a connection oh to all of them. <laughs> Not me. Not me not you well yeah you know natalie oh true she's your niece right. technically technically yeah she is my little baby niece <clears throat> um baby. so she so okay so i saw her on the weekend and she still has a soft spot but like you still gotta be careful but her neck is still like her neck's fine or whatever but you can see their brain moving yeah you can see shit it's weird pulsating and that stuff was- one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen. I was like, were no you, way. Were you like, what? why is the top of their head moving? Did you ask that? No, is that how you no. found out or did Shelby point it out? Um, Andrew said that it oh, happens. Okay. And I was like, excuse me. And so then I looked and I had to watch for a couple of seconds. But then I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I hate that. Oh, yeah, it's pretty gross. Just keep your brain in your skull, man. Babies, stop. Stop it with your soft spots. Stop. Stop it. All right. Okay. Should we read? Uh, should we read? Should we talk about the maid? We should definitely read it. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Yeah, That is the show. Actually, I showed up and I haven't read it, so I got to go read it. I was a little worried that I wasn't going to make, um, where are my notes? I was a little worried that I wasn't going to like get the last few chapters. And I was like, oh, Chantal can just do that, that end what of the it heck? herself. That's what I was thinking too. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if we both did that to each other. Oh. I read the beginning. 
Um, so who can talk about the end chapter? <laughs> Maybe the ghost that's behind you can. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> okay, Stop. sorry. There's no ghost. It was probably just a glitch on my screen. Um, okay, we're reading. Matrix. Yeah, we're reading eight chapter eight to 14 this week. Do mm-hmm. you want to kick it off? Do you yeah, I do. Kick okay, yeah. kick it off. I do. All right, chapter eight. Are you ready, spaghetti? Are you ready? Are you ready? How ready is your spaghetti? That's what I always say ready before we go on a walk. I ask always how ready, ready. Your spaghetti is. Okay. Oh. Chapter eight. It's almost the end of Molly's shift, and she's looking forward to her what she thinks is her second date with Rodney. And she's trying not to think about what happened yesterday, aka finding a very dead man. <laughs> so she keeps having intrusive thoughts throughout her day and throughout her shift she's thinking she had this weird thing where I was like symbolism much where she pictured Rodney's face on Mr. Black's body and it was like awkward and in her head yeah you you're seeing that mm-hmm. symbolism too me too mm-hmm. I wrote that down too I like started it and was like mm-hmm. interesting because mm-hmm. she thinks that they're polar opposites of one another, Mr. Black and Rodney. But as we can see, they are not. <laughs> no. There's a connection on there. There is a connection. They are both slimy. Because she all she knows about Mr. Black is what she's seen from Giselle. And those things are awful, of course. But she just doesn't know more about Rodney to know that he's also shitty, right? Like, she's just got him on a pedestal. She thinks he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also having intrusive thoughts about Giselle. She's wondering what's going to happen to her. Um, and she's actually very worried about her. Um, she finishes her shift and she meets with Rodney. He brings her to the most secluded booth in the hotel bar. She thinks this is super romantic. it's not he just wants to ask her about everything from yesterday I know I know (sighs) it's so sad I just wish Gran was around I know oh yeah especially towards the end like I I know like she needs an out like she needs more Mr. Preston in her life (laughs) I know don't don't disregard him and his worries Molly she needs to sit down with him and explain everything that's going on and he would help her yes okay anyway um so he is pretty much interrogating her he's asking her uh what went down yesterday when she was with the cops he's asking if if um Juan Manuel came up and she's like why would he come up like that's weird um Mm -hmm. and then he starts interrogating her about what she saw like what exactly she saw in the room um and he asks what she told the cops so he just wants to know it all and she's like wow he cares about me (laughs) he wants to scope the sitch hard yes Yes. He asks Molly if they asked him about, if they asked her, sorry, about Giselle or him. And Molly, that confuses Molly. She then asks Rodney if he knows Giselle well, and he denies it, but she suddenly feels very suspicious of that. Um, It's something just seems off-putting to her. He then says that he should have her number and she should have his. 
So she takes his phone and she puts her name in his phone as Molly, maid and friend with a heart emoji. Heart. Oh, no. Uh, That just made me go like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And then um, after that, they go to leave. Mr. Preston Rodney this was really weird Rodney asked Mm -hmm. Mr. Preston to hail a cab and he does and then he says like ladies first sort of thing and Rodney's like oh no the cab's not for me like you're going somewhere else right and Molly's like yeah like I'm going east or whatever and he's like I'm going west bye and like leaves which Mm -hmm. is so rude like I don't care if you're friends or not like that's fucking rude Mm -hmm. and then Mr. Preston is warning Molly about Rodney and he calls him a frog Mm-hmm. I think Molly is taking it in a literal sense, obviously. Um, and she's also kind of blinded by her happiness of what just went down. Um, so she's date. Yes. So she's ignoring Mr. Preston and walking back to her place. And um, she's thinking like, how long, like, what's the protocol here? How long before I can call him? Or maybe I should text. I don't know what I should do here. That is um, replaced by a sudden surprise of Giselle waiting for her at her building. She invites Giselle in. They head up to her apartment. She's like, all of a sudden, very not probably not all of a sudden, but she's very aware of her surroundings about how they're not it's not clean in the lobby the wallpaper is peeling there's no elevator which Giselle thinks is odd Mm. um and and on the way to her apartment she gets stopped by Mr. Rosso Rosso the landlord and is like Mm. where are my dollar bills you better have my money Mm -hmm. and in front of Giselle asks about this and he, mm-hmm. she's you're like you know my word I'm good on my word so um they head into the apartment and Giselle starts crying right away mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Molly of course is like oh are you upset because Mr. Black is dead and then she's oh sorry I guess like are you upset like she was very just her awkward and honesty is just making things maybe not as uh, they're making it's making things awkward um so she realizes she was too blunt like she yes exactly yeah yes she realizes that and then she apologizes but Giselle tells her not to and that she's not sorry which is odd I noted that it was odd that she's not sorry that he's dead and she offers a tissue for her issue again Giselle's like you need to stop saying that people are like I'm fine but people people are not um gonna be okay with you saying that all the time imagine if you were crying and like someone was like tissue for your issue your issue fuck you yeah um excuse me that's not okay to say yeah Yeah. this this is an issue and then I've got other issues so and now you're an Uh, issue uh, yeah so 
Molly's feeling nervous um, because this is the first guest that she's ever entertained on her own at all, let alone Mm -hmm. like the first person that's been back into the apartment since Gran has died. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And she's, again, very worried about the appearance of her apartment because it's so humble and small. And Giselle confides in her and tells her, like, you don't know me you don't know where I came from, which is mm-hmm. a true fact. And she tells her that um, it, this, like her apartment reminds her of home and that she grew up in Detroit and not in a good area of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So, and she ran away from that life. Like she has no connection to Detroit at all, apparently. Um, we also find out that they both have in common that their mothers and their grandmothers have died. Giselle confides in Molly that um, she's feeling accused, accused by the police and by Charles' daughter, Victoria, that she is the killer. Um, she feels like a common criminal. Um, and Did you write down she- what Victoria called her? No, please tell me. I didn't write it down verbatim. Um calling she she called Giselle his midlife mistake with midlife yes <laughs> and also a Prada parasite <laughs> those are good those are good yeah. um good. she explains to Molly that they had had a fight and the fight was that over the fact that Giselle wanted to settle down in the Caymans which is um, putting Molly's little sensors out because that was the ticket she saw. She divulges that when they got married, he made her sign a prenup so she wasn't allowed to have, like she has no access to any of the property, money, whatever was in that. And at that point forward, she didn't feel special anymore. This fight was over the, the fact that um, she asked to either cancel the prenup or put her name on the Cayman property so that she can have a place to call home um, because she's feeling just because they, I guess they move around so much. They stay in hotels. They're never really any place for very long that she's feeling, I guess, maybe overwhelmed and burnt out from that, which I can understand. I have mixed mixed feelings about that. Oh yeah. Because I mean, it's like, it feels like, he is obviously very controlling of her, so he mm-hmm. wouldn't let her just go there. Because, I mean, I feel like in a perfect world, he would just let her go there and stay there. Yeah. And he could carry on, and it would be great for both of them. But yeah. because he's so controlling, she wants to own it because she's guessing that they'll break up. And, mm-hmm. like, of course he says no. <laughs> like, right. why would he say yes to that? Right. True. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I took it know. at I don't know. Yeah. No, I that makes complete sense and that's a good point cuz I just took it at like face value of what she was saying to Molly. So Yeah, yeah but that it, is like, good cuz it makes it, sense it, but it doesn't. <laughs> well, it does because I think that we find that there's a lot of things being uh left unsaid as we go further. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Giselle pops some pills. 
noise. Um, and then she asks Molly some questions. Oh, I heard the police questioned you. So like, what did you tell them? She told them what she saw, that she saw Mr. Black dead in the bed and your pills were there as well. And that the safe was open. But um, I didn't tell them about you and Mr. Black at all, like about the abuse or anything. Giselle's feeling like now that she's taken the drug, she's feeling like very relaxed and Molly has noticed that. She also confides that she feels like she has nothing now. Well, she literally has nothing because her name isn't on anything. Asks her to look after her at the hotel, which she's been moved to a different floor so she's like i'll mm-hmm. talk to mr snow don't worry about it and then there's a reason though she yeah says to her, oh. no before that she says that she thinks of her as a sister yes yeah and Molly's you're like a like, sister yeah oh my god, oh my god. like that's like yes the, there's so the many cherry on molly's like yes. you know on the cake yeah just, mm-hmm. that's like her um kryptonite like yes feeling wanted exactly she doesn't have a family exactly so true Giselle heads out and she's like oh here's your tip from yesterday because I didn't get to give you give it to you and it was two hundred dollars and she's also like um p.s this conversation didn't happen and she's out of there (laughs) but before she does leave on her way out the door she's like um by the way are you still able to like get into our suite at all just just wondering um because I left something that I really need in there and it turns out that she left her gun in the exhaust fan in the bathroom which is why the fan was rattling around on her so anyways super cash yes no problem just go just go grab that for me it's not a big deal (laughs) molly says of course i'll see what i can do and she also does ask how did you find me by the way giselle's just like oh i don't know i don't even remember how Uh, somebody at the hotel told me i don't know (laughs) i was just like i'd be like no i just give out your address you know yeah i need to know how you found me That's so insane. Yeah. All right. Now it's Wednesday. She reminisces about how her gran loved the mornings. Um, she ends up hurrying her morning routine so she can leave because her mornings are now hard without gran, which is very sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she gives the landlord the $200 that Giselle gave her yesterday, and he tells her that her rent is $1,800. I did the little bee boop math. Did you? Yes. That means so, that there was at least $44,000 in the Fabergé. There's a lot of money in there. At, at least, least plus plus education. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You can't just I take, cannot. how does that, how, how do you just take, anyways, I would have involved Grant know. if there was that much. Right. <laughs> Yes. Like I thought maybe oh five thousand bucks or something, but yeah. it was really like building it up. And then when you find that out, you're like, yeah, that's a lot. That's like a lot mm-hmm. of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. She gets to work and Mr. Preston tells her that if she ever needs him, he's there. And she asks him if he's worried, and he tells her that he just wants her to keep good company, which is interesting. He's he's sensing what's going on here and he does not like it. Because he knew her grant. 
So he's like, Grand was such a lovely lady. I mm-hmm. just know that she would want the best for you and blah, blah, blah. So then Cheryl tells Molly that she's going to be taking some of her clients and it's a shame about her tips um, and that she has to clean the Black's old room and that the cops don't tip very well. Like she's such a dick. Cheryl. (sighs) Fuck Cheryl. But little does she know, Molly's like, perfect. This is exactly what I want. (laughs) Like I need to get into that room and clean it. I need to get in there, yeah. (laughs) Like, great. Sounds good. Thanks, fucking Cheryl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so then she chats with mr snow before she goes and does her cleaning who tells her that he thought that the hotel would be struggling after the death of mr black but instead it is bustling with amateur sleuths i guess it's just attracted that sort of crowd who all want to check it out knowing that a prominent man has potentially been murdered there Mm -hmm. they don't know it's all hearsay Mm -hmm. at this point lots of nosy nellies lots of nosy nellies um she sees Rodney and she tells him about Giselle and he says to her feeling gun shy which is like okay so now we know Giselle and Rodney are in cahoots obviously Obviously. but she doesn't like catch on really like no 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 I know and then and she doesn't catch on to this he tells her Juan needs somewhere to stay and that the black suite would be a great spot and he asked her to bring up his overnight bag open up that fucking bag Molly. look in the bag look in the bag look in the bag look in the bag I don't care just look in it what is in that fucking bag drugs I bet you it's drugs Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay she's still very worried about Giselle um she's more worried about Giselle than she is about herself because Mr. Landlord had pretty much said he was going to evict her if she couldn't come up with the money that day so she's kind of like oh shit what am I going to do um she ends up cleaning the suite she gets Giselle's gun and she hides it in her vacuum which was very smart of her she said Mm -hmm. sometimes the best place to hide things is in plain sight um and during so she was like putting it in the vacuum bag or whatever and during the swip swap something fell out onto the ground and when she picked it up it was mr black's wedding ring cha-ching cha-ching she's longing for her lunch break now so she can go run an errand but then Sanith, um, then another one of her colleague Mays, um, tells her some cryptic, yeah, sayings, but doesn't elaborate on any of them because Molly's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, it is dirty. We need to clean up. It. Yeah, we've got to make sure things are clean. So she says, "Be careful. Sometimes places seem clean, but it's a trick." And also, you must be more careful. The grass is green, but there are snakes in it. But she doesn't elaborate <laughs> yeah. on it. And of course, Molly has no idea what she's fucking talking about. <laughs> yeah. Literally, Molly's like, okay, that's strange, but okay, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, she's on her way. She's hustling and bustling, trying to get oh, no. to her lunch or early. She literally runs into Cheryl. And Cheryl's obviously the worst. She's like, don't you usually keep clean through your lunch break and all this stuff? Molly is very, um, does kind of stand up to her and is like, I deserve a break. 
Well, she's like, I know my legal rights here, Cheryl. Yes, <laughs> go fuck exactly. yourself. Exactly. Um, so she gets out. She's headed on her way somewhere. She's moving quick. But during this time, she's recalling Mr. Snow's beehive speech at the last professional development meeting um, where Molly ended up embarrassing herself and didn't do a flight or flight. She did a freeze. Mr. Preston um, kind of pulls her out of that situation and kind of confronts her and tells her that there are things that are happening in this hotel that he doesn't fully understand and that you don't Mm -hmm. need to worry about that, Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very we, confusing mm-hmm. yes foreshadowing cryptic nobody she, is just saying it <laughs> anything nobody's just coming out and saying what it is it's what drugs <laughs> and what is it cahooting and whatever so then we find out she ends up at a pawn shop and she pawns mr black's ring for some moolah girls gotta do it girls gotta do girls gotta pay a ring yeah, very interesting decision. It's almost like she kind of justifies it by saying, well, he was a shitty guy, so. Yeah, and <laughs> she fine. kept on being like, Gran will, Gran will help me or whatever. Gran yeah. knows best or something. And it's like yeah. almost like she took it as a sign or almost. almost. Yeah, all right. So she get back to, she get, get, gets, get backs. She get backs. She gets get back. back to the hotel and notices that it's cleared out from how it had been earlier and mr preston tells her to go home and she's like you all right he's like go home go out the back door like go home and she's like i think i'm good and so she goes inside and mr snow and detective stark are waiting for her and they need to take her to the station for more questions. The detective puts her in the car, but in the back of the car this time, not the front, which that's when you know. You don't want to be in the back. You don't want to be in the back. You don't want anything in the back. I've been in a police car once and it was in the front. So I am an upstanding citizen. Yes. Very good. I don't think I've ever been in a police car front or back, so... I had to give a statement because I saw some suspicious activity in your hometown. Oh yeah, those people with the money in the case. The briefcase, yeah. Case, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to give that little statement. Okay. So they end up in the same room that they were in before and the detective tells Molly she can start by telling her the truth and there's like this whole awkward silence and blah blah blah. Um, she reveals to Molly that they've received the toxicology report and it turns out that Giselle's medication is benzos laced with street drugs. Sounds like a good time. Story checks out. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It doesn't seem to be what killed him though. They're still waiting for the autopsy report, but this sort of gives Molly pause because she actually mentions that her vision of Giselle going to the pharmacy changes. It's very different suddenly, which makes sense. Um, The detective calls out Molly for knowing Giselle. She says they've been talking to other hotel staff. And guess who? Guess who? Guess who? Cheryl. Cheryl. Is she a bitch? Does she steal people's tips? 100%. Oh, that rhymed. (laughs) 
Cheryl, it's Cheryl. Cheryl, it's Cheryl. It's everybody's favorite bitch, Cheryl. Come on down. Come Come on on down. Okay. So she then pulls out the hourglass that Giselle had given her um, and tells Molly that she is rapidly becoming a person of interest. Molly is very angry about this. Not um, what you want to hear from the police officer. No, no, no. But she's more so angry that she took yeah. the hourglass and she's blaming it on Cheryl, obviously. <laughs> yes, this is true. Yes. <laughs> but the detective's like, um, FYI, Molly, the lockers are hotel property, so you don't own them. So we can yeah. take anything we want. Sorry. Yeah. Turns out she should have um, taken it home. Turns out she 100% should have. Or not accepted it at all. I don't know. What well, do you think that it? Drugs? Too. Do you think there's drugs or something in it? Like, <laughs> okay. Do you? Do you have theories? No, I don't think there's drugs in there. Well, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Anyways. Okay. And then the detective tells her not to leave the country. And Molly's like, okay. She asks her if she has a pa- passport. Molly says no. And then she says that they'll be watching her and Molly does not understand this. She's like, watching me do what? And then she's like, okay, well, you can't like, don't leave. And Molly takes it literally like she's like, can I like, <laughs> she doesn't think she can leave the police station. Oh, she yeah, get it. yeah, yes. She's like, oh, can I go to the grocery store? Can I go to work? Can I leave my apartment? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She takes it very literally. <laughs> yes um so this time molly is not granted the courtesy of a ride home so she's walking home but she's feeling all like out of sorts and she hasn't eaten today because she'd like run um rushed through her morning routine and everything so girls got to eat but she's also Mm -hmm. thinking that it might be her deception that's playing into why she's feeling this way um girl's got a conscience yes she does have a little guilty conscience coming in conscience coming in here she heads home and heads straight to mr rosso's door and says here's your money fuck off (laughs) and not so many words in her head she's thinking that (laughs) but um so she heads home and she's feeling obviously out of sorts so she better tidy up because of course you always must in dust we trust or whatever that saying is that she says we must um, dust we must dust you don't trust you don't trust dust don't Are trust the dust <laughs> in dusting we trusting or i don't know um in, in trust we dust in trust we dust there we go that, <laughs> that works um so this she starts cleaning out the cabinet, which um, sparks a memory of a day that when she was about 13 year old, 13 years old, that Gran told her her mother had passed away. Um, and Gran, it was the first time she had ever seen Gran so fragile. Um, and it was because she was experiencing, she wasn't experiencing, experiencing pain for herself. It was the pain of somebody else's. Um, of course, knowing Molly, she starts asking questions, um, and asks about her mom. Did she ever ask about me? Um, and Gran says, of course she did. She would, I would talk for as long as she would listen. Um, but when I stopped giving her money, she stopped calling. 
Um, and Gran tells Molly, don't get mixed up in drugs. Promise me you'll, you won't get mixed up in drugs. And Molly obliges and promises. So it's sad that obviously Molly's mom and dad have drug abuse issues. Um, so after that, she better calls Rodney. <laughs> oh, Rodney. So then, of course, Rodney is asking a million questions as he does. And he's like, so then, like, what did he die of if, you know, they're like, what are they saying? And he she tells him um, that it wasn't the drugs. And he was like, oh, OK, good, which is strange, but also not, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then he said, he says, did you tell them anything about Giselle? Did you mention Juan Manuel? And she's like, what does this have to do with anything? And he's like, nothing, nothing at all. Nothing to see here. No reason. Yes. And then. No reason. No reason. Oh, nothing to see here. I'm just, uh, I don't even know why I'd asked that question. And then he's like, why? Don't be literally Rodney. (laughs) Literally. Um, Rodney's like, so why'd you call me? (laughs) You told me to call you, but he, she does need his help. And he's like, so do you kill him or what? Molly says, no, of course not. Why why would you ever think that? Mm -hmm. And he says, well, then why are you in trouble? And so Molly has to tell him about the gun. (laughs) Um, there's a gun in my vacuum. There's a gun in my vacuum help me (laughs) but then of course he's like i got this molly you can count on me but he's also like laughing to himself oh and then she's like p.s i also found his ring and pawned it so there's that as well and then he starts laughing laughing to himself and she's like it looks like i killed him for financial gain and he's just like yep yep it does so I'm like, hmm, okay, I've got theories. There are Um, he tells her, leave it with me and everything will be okay. And he hangs up. And after she's thinking to pay him back for all this, she's gonna take him on an all expenses paid trip to Italy to eat at Olive Garden in Italy. <laughs> no, not in Italy. So, yeah she says italy she's gonna take him to no, italy no she was saying the the meal trio that she would order there it's called like trip to oh. italy she was just saying oh, she was gonna pay for dinner head. at olive garden I did. that went over my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just an olive garden bill not an italy trip no, no just the she's going to pay for their next, their third date at Olive Garden. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some then, way. Actually, I think this is quite foreshadowed once you mentioned your theories, but mm-hmm. the last line of that chapter is I will pay for all of this. I know I will. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she was talking about the Olive Garden. <laughs> the, the all expensive paid trip to Italy, Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah. It was late uh. at that point. It was like 11. It's okay. 
don't worry about it. It's all good. It's I originally though. thought so too until I remembered back to the meal that she ordered that was her mm-hmm. grand and her fave and blah blah. Yes. Yes, it was yes, like yes, the yes. three things or whatever. Trio, the trio trip to Italy. Trio. Okay, tell me. Oh, I was going to ask you what your theories are. My theories. Oh, I never are... have any theories. Oh. Um. Okay. Well, obviously, I think that Giselle and Rodney are together in some sort, and that they were going to try and run away to the Cayman Islands to traffic drugs. Oh. Okay. 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 What about her sketchy background from Detroit and like being like having like a sugar trainer? The sugar. I think that comes into it. Maybe it it might, but I think that it's more just like um, her circumstances like landed her here and she's taking advantage of them. Do you think that Molly's going to go down for all this? I'm thinking that Rodney's like, sweet, this, we might actually get away with this. I'm thinking that's what's going to happen. And he's going to try and frame, frame her. And maybe Mr. Preston will come to the rescue or something. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. Maybe she'll tell Mr. Preston about the Fabergé and then she'll get it back. Yeah. Or maybe Juan Manuel will like step in somewhere step in or something because it seemed like they are like allies or closer than most of the other employees mm-hmm. 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 well it seems like even when ugh, I hated it but when like um Giselle was at Molly's house and she was like what everybody else has, says about you isn't true and it's like yeah Molly's like what are people saying about me like that's so, yeah. the rudest thing to say to someone yeah. especially someone who's so clueless like mm-hmm. who doesn't yeah. know and at one point Giselle also calls her a special girl and I was like for mm-hmm. fuck sakes like for fuck sakes why is everybody like preying on this yeah. woman <laughs> yeah 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 I've, I feel like they've kind of set it up and especially with Molly's actions and not knowing better that they've set it up for her to take the fall I'm assuming. Eek. Back. Poor Molly. Well, okay. I guess we're halfway through. I guess so. So like and read we'll the read next more. little bit or whatever. Read and 15 we'll to 20. Back. And then we'll, you know, come back here and talk. Yeah. Then or whatever. We'll rendezvous. Rendezvous. Sweet. Okay. Okay, good. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Um, Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please join us over at the Book Club Babes Facebook group for book discussions and to make your book recommendations or on Instagram at bookclubbabes.pod. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email us at bookclubbabes.pod at gmail.com or contact us on our website at bookclubbabes.ca. If you love the Book Club Babes podcast, please tell a friend about us. And until next time, bye! bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.